So another tip that I do all the time, because we have one of those sucky machines, you know, the, um, whatever you call it. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, I'm Amy Traverso, senior food editor at Yankee Magazine, co-host of the TV show Weekends with Yankee and author of the Apple Lover's Cookbook. And I'm David Leet, the founder of the website Leet's Culinaria, the author of The New Portuguese Table and the memoir Notes on a Banana. And we're your hosts of Talking With My Mouthful, a podcast about food, food adjacent topics, things that pique our interest. And in this episode, we're zooming in on some of our and your favorite kitchen hacks, tips, and shortcuts. This was actually suggested by a member of our Patreon community, Dee. So thank you, Dee, for that topic. But first, it's mailbag Mailbag time. time. Okay, that sounded perfect to me. Did that sound right, Adam? It sounded awful. And Adam, you lied to me because last time you said, oh, it's perfect. (laughs) And then the recording, it's so off. You lied at producer Adam. Beauty is (laughs) in the eye of the beholder. (laughs) No, no, no. David, you have to believe me that there's sometimes one of us hears the lag and the other one doesn't. I swear to God. I believe you. But the thing that cracks me up is Adam doesn't slide it. So it matches up. He purposely keeps it off. (laughs) <laughs> this isn't exactly a mailbag item, but it came from a reader of Leeds Culinaria who is now also a member of our Patreon community, Sherry Klusman. Now, Sherry has a really fascinating way of honoring chefs and cookbook authors that she loves. On the anniversary of their passing, she makes, I think this is great, Amy, she makes a beloved favorite dish from their cookbooks or television show. She says it's a way of honoring and thanking those who have metaphorically and literally fed us. Sherry also cooks in honor of her family. She wrote to me saying, I inherited a few of my grandmother's very old cookbooks, and along the lines of making a dish in memory of someone, there is one particular piece peanut butter cookie recipe I often make that has butter and oil spots on the page. Nothing makes me feel closer to her than seeing this. Touching those spots, she said, memories are such a big part of cooking. The one ingredient that is never mentioned. I think that's beautiful. Isn't that nice? Yeah, yeah. And I love this idea so much. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask our listeners, how do you honor events, friends, and people with food? I'd love to hear your responses. Me too. So, David, how was your food fortnight? My food fortnight was delicious. I made this delicious Italian sausage soup that I developed for the site, and I just posted it on Lee's Culinaria, and it's so quick. The photos and, were beautiful. Oh, thank you. I saw it. I'm really yeah. working on my photography. And it's mm. so quick and so easy. You saute sweet sausage, onions, garlic, and some red pepper flakes. You deglaze it with wine, add some veggie stock or chicken stock. And here's the neat part. You add store-bought gnocchi and spinach. It's so amazingly flavorful, you know, which is really hard to pull off in one of those like 30 minute meals, but it's so good and so flavorful. And then there's this other thing. Every time it snows, which is happening less and less around here in Northwest Connecticut. Although today it's happening. It's beautiful. We only have an inch here in Connecticut. But anytime we have significant snowfall, we make something called blizzard beef. So it's a dish that comes from the one's family. We named it blizzard beef. I think they call it boiled beef. And it's nothing more than a chuck roast that is seasoned and seared really, really well. Then you fill the pot halfway with water, like braising. And what you do is you just add a ton of Worcestershire sauce. 
and that's it. I love Worcestershire and sauce. And you just simmer until it's fall apart tender. And we love it. We serve it with mashed potatoes and some sautéed mm. greens on the side. And we so we call it blizzard beef, and we only eat it when it's snowing outside. So, That's really sweet. That fun? I love that. I love I, How about you? I feel like Alan's family is just a, a font of these really great, like American, like Americana. Yeah. 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 Recipes. That's really Because I grew up with things like I've told you, you know, octopus stew and, you know, ham hocks and all these Portuguese things. And his family had like Americana, like shaker yeah. food. Yeah. So interesting that you developed a recipe with gnocchi, given that in just the last episode, you were like, eh, gnocchi. I eh. know. I know. <laughs> I know. But you know, I decided to give it another time only because I've never had great gnocchi after I had it that first wonderful time at Felidia. I don't know if I oh, mentioned yeah. this last time. I don't know if I did. No, no. It was for Lydia and Lydia Bastianich, who was the owner, was there and she came over to the table and they were, dare I say it, little pillows of pasta, mm. <laughs> potato pasta, and they were so amazingly light. Uh, I, yeah. I've never had them like that. Although Marco Canora down at Hearth in New York City on uh, mm-hmm. uh, lower, mm-hmm. lower Manhattan, or I guess not quite lower Manhattan, but down there, he has really good gnocchi too. So shout out mm. to Marco. So yeah, I tried it. And you could also use tortellini. You could use right, you know, right. pancetta tortellini or chicken or cheese, but it, it's so delicious and so quick. Oh How about God. you? What was your food fortnight like? So I've been developing recipes for Yankee Magazine, and of course, of course. we work ridiculously far in advance. So I'm working on <laughs> recipes for the summer, right. or for early summer, early summer, which I have to say this time of year in the winter, it's kind of heartening to make these recipes because it reminds me that even though I don't hate winter that much, um, I still love to know that summer's coming. Right, so it corner. kind of, yeah. So I was doing oddly sandwich recipes really? because we're doing this whole travel issue and mm-hmm. the idea is like a picnic. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I don't think I've ever done a sandwiches story before in really? all my low so many years of, of right. food writing and recipes. <laughs> right. And um, it feels weird because it doesn't feel like real recipes. I mean, do you really it's need like, a recipe for a sandwich? Right. So, well, I, it's like I'm making up sauces that you put on the sandwich oh, that's or, nice. you know, yeah. you kind of frizzle the shallots to put on the roast beef mm, sandwich and, yes. you know, stuff like frizzle that. So, shallots. Frizzle. <laughs> that's a word. How about that? Maybe that's going to go um, on our list. Frizzle. Yeah. <laughs> and then I've been doing rhubarb recipes, which I Where freaking in the love hell are you getting rhubarb. rhubarb? Uh, okay, this is so funny. Italy in Boston, yeah. which, you know, there's Italy obviously in many cities, mm-hmm. but they have a ton of rhubarb. Fresh? They have been coming through every, yeah, and I've used wow. a lot of rhubarb. So it's a rhubarb upside down cake oh, which, and a names. rhubarb. And actually, this is inspired. Gosh, I got to get. Adam, a friend in London, <laughs> um, when I went to his house this we have past to start summer, him a cut of our I'm, Patreon I page. am obsessed with Adam. <laughs> so he did, <laughs> he did a, he did a, a delicious eaten mess for uh-huh, dessert sure. when I went to his house. Yeah. So I did a rhubarb eaten mess. But tell inspired our listeners by that. what an eaten mess is, because it sounds like eaten, like I'm eating. Yeah, food. eat. I'm eating a big mess. <laughs> yeah, not um, eaten. <laughs> eaten like the school, eaten. like the fancy eaten. school. Eaten. I'm having an eaten mess. <laughs> I would love to place that accent somewhere like in England. Like where exactly does that accent come Nowhere. <laughs> so Eden Mess is this really wonderful, easy, 
dessert that yeah. combines some kind of fruit. It could be a fruit compote like I did with rhubarb, mm-hmm. or it could even just be like strawberries that you macerate in sugar and chop up. Yeah. And then whipped cream and crumbled meringue. Uh, and you don't even have to make the meringues. You can buy them, which is what I did because- excellent. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why spend two hours making meringues that you're just going to crumble up and, and mix keep into your whipped cream. Slightly open, you know, for yeah, all that I, time. If you want to be that ambitious, fine, but you're crumbling them up and they're going to be sitting in whipped cream and getting moist. So there's really no payoff to making them because, you know, the texture is immediately altered. You know what, so I, anyway. said, I'm saying, I, you know what I was thinking? <laughs> is saying if you really want to go through all that, as I get older, I realize I don't have that much time left on this earth, you know? <laughs> I'm not 10. I don't want to spend two hours of that time that I have left on earth with my oven open with a wooden spoon so the air can escape and I can make homemade uh, meringue. No, I I don't need to do that anymore. So it's just so easy and so delicious. And, you know, yeah. So those are the two recipes. So those were fun. Um, That's great. Made me feel summery, Mm -hmm. made me feel happy. And the upside down cake I did, I realized how much better it is to do upside down cake in a skillet versus a cake pan. Oh, wow. Um, Because the skillet just retains so much more heat Mm -hmm. that you get a much better caramelization of that brown sugar and butter sauce Mm -hmm. that you start the dish with. It just like gets super like crystallized and delicious and browned and yeah. So highly recommend that. And do you think because a skillet usually, I'm I'm assuming that you're using a cast iron skillet maybe? Yeah, cast iron skillet, Has the flared edge, flared side. So when you flip it, it comes out really easy versus a straight edged cake pan, which sometimes may not. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, and I did realize the trick, of course, with all upside down cakes is you've got to unmold it within like five minutes after yeah. it comes out of the oven, or it will stick. Yeah. So, yeah, with those those two tricks, it it worked really well. Hey, Adam, how about you? How is your food fortnight? We live vicariously through you. You know that, don't you? <laughs> oh, and I'm so sorry, guys. I'm racking my brain for something for this time, and I'm coming up empty. Are you? I didn't go anywhere. I didn't cook anything. Oh, um, well, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> You're such that a, is okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. We're really putting a lot of faith in you. We live through you and your family. So okay. okay here's a question. No. Here's a question, Adam. What okay. is a dish that your kids will eat? Like you have three children, three young children that they like to eat that you secretly love when there's some left over. Oh, well, I mean, this is mac and cheese. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. In the, right out of the box, mm-hmm. I am thrilled. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because I don't usually make it for myself, but I mean, come on. Oh, I'll give you another one. What? I'll give you another one. And and I haven't had this in probably, no joke, probably 20 years, but ramen. Mm. Ramen from the, the package? But, but like the 10 cent, well, it's not 10 cent anymore. Yeah. But like back in the day, it was the like five cents. In college, yep. right. Exactly. A lot of in college. Yep. And I swore it off. And now my kids are into it. And now it's like reborn Adam wow. with ramen. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it too. <laughs> Uh, my kid went through a phase with it, and oh my God, I was so happy. You going to finish yeah. that? Hey, uh, you going to finish that? Um, you know, if you want to feel a little fancier, David Chang has a line of ramen oh, that's that is true. Yeah, very, very good. And it's a little more like sophisticated, but it's the same idea of just boiled water and noodles. Yeah. And oh, so good. I mean, I love the real, like, the you know, go to a nice restaurant, get like a really great ramen as well. 
but I am happy with that tiny little package and that silver packet. <laughs> yes, so <laughs> It's good. interesting that you talk about, you know, when your kids don't eat it, you, you, know, you don't really need all that, do you? You done? You done? Yeah. <laughs> the one, this past weekend, we had our friends Carlos and Jeffrey over, and I made the, you know, the New York Times chocolate chip cookies that, from the uh-huh. article that I wrote. And so I had a dozen of them, and I, I baked six. Everyone ate one. I said, why don't you guys take the rest home? He kicked me under the table. <laughs> kicked me. Because he didn't. And I'm like, we've got That's 50 so pounds of chocolate in the closet. What's the problem? He didn't want to give them up. He just didn't want to so give them up. Cute. That's so cute. <laughs> and you know, the thing with kicking your 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 partner under the table yeah. is it's always obvious to everyone else. Like you think yep. you can subtly kick them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden everybody's like, what? What 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 was that? What yeah. happened? Well, I <laughs> always throw them under the bus. I always why did you kick me under the table? <laughs> what did you mean to kick me under the table? I'm sure you didn't. <laughs> I always throw them under the bus. Oh, oh I'm terrible. That's I really so am sadistic, funny. I guess. I love that. <laughs> And now, over to our intrepid reporters, Amy and David, at the news desk. I feel like all we do now in our food news is like putting out a hit list of all the foods that have been discontinued. It's like our food news is becoming the immemorium on the Oscars. You know, <laughs> all these things that have died and passed away. Adam, could you put like some really soaring <laughs> violins under this? <laughs> So another beloved food, and that's in air quotes, food that's become culinary roadkill, is fruit stripe gum. Do you remember that when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. Remember that? Didn't it have a zebra as sort of its its um, icon or whatever? And it, it was, I think its name was Yips or Yaps or something. Oh, I didn't remember the name, but I remember, right, I can zebra? picture it. So a rep for Ferrara Candy Company said the decision to sunset this product was not taken sunset. lightly. Unquote. So apparently this was a real big deal. They cite changing consumer preferences, which, you know, maybe perhaps preferring a gum that lasts more than like 30 seconds with flavor um, <laughs> as the cause, because that flavor went in no time. And it was invented in the late 60s. And I remember that. It's just so you both remember this, right? I'm not. Okay. I do. I think more vivid for me was grape. Is it hubba hubba? Was that the gum? There was a hubba hubba or a bubba bubba. Something a like bub- that. Or double bubble. Double bubble, toil and trouble. Was it double bubble? <laughs> <laughs> the Shakespearean so, gum. But the grape, like it was so grapey yeah. and juicy. No, it it wasn't yeah, this one. This vivid. one had the stripes. It was it was visually pleasing and it didn't have much flavor to it. But um, okay. apparently people are just up in arms about this. Up in arms. So wow. what do you have, Amy? What's, what's your news? <laughs> to continue the like very depressing. Is there like a requiem mass that you could play at him underneath this whole section? In memoriam for those who so have the- passed this in the last two weeks. This is so. Sad. This is really sad. This I'm really is. bummed about this. HBO has pulled the plug on the Julia series, starring Sarah Lancaster and David Sarah Lancaster and David Hyde Pierce. Yeah, Our friend and colleague Christine Tobin was the head food stylist on the show. She's based in the Boston area yeah. and so talented. So talented. Uh, she said they were all set to shoot in just two months, yep. but they killed it. And uh, the script she so- told me were all done too. Really? Yep. Oh my God. Well, if you want to try, there is a grassroots movement to try there to retrieve, is, revive yes. it. I don't know if these have ever worked in the history of TV, but you know, we'll post the link to the petition in the show notes and I'll certainly and sign And I've on. signed it. I've already signed yeah. it. And, and Christine was so happy. And I told her, please tell Sarah that and David that I signed it, you know. 
<laughs> Maybe we'll have them over for lunch. <laughs> so this oh, okay. is a little bit more of an uplifting one. On December 28th, a DoorDash driver in North Carolina called the police stating that she had been robbed. Now, the booty yeah. was a Pizza Hut big box meal. Pizza, wings, and breadsticks. So who comes to the rescue? Bo, a 10-month-old bloodhound who's part of the Gastonia Police Department. In no time, Bo snuffled out the perp scent and led cops right to his door. The meal was recovered uneaten and delivered to the rightful customer. (laughs) (laughs) So I really wonder if Bo maybe got a slice if they gave Bo a slice of pizza when it was returned. I just think that's just, that makes my heart sing, you know, because I love animals so much and that's like an uplifting one. Yeah, I hope it was a really slow night in Gastonia and that boat wasn't like needed in an <laughs> yeah, actual Like in a murder crime. or something. <laughs> okay, so one other fun one. Yep. Uh, Jeep Junkies, you heard that right? Jeep, Jeep junkies. junkies. They are a Jeep club in Terre Haute, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And they teamed up with Meals on Wheels to deliver food to elderly and disabled folks when driving conditions got really bad yeah. in a snowstorm. And it got so cold too. So cold lately. Yeah, I love stories like this. You know, the one volunteers at God's Love We Deliver, and so many people are in need of assistance due to the extreme weather that we're having lately. So if you're able, think about perhaps lending a hand where you live and tell them that we sent you, Amy and me and Adam. (laughs) So we get the credit? Exactly. So as we mentioned on our Patreon page, we have conversations with our listeners and Dee recommended she wanted to hear some of our kind of hacks and kitchen tips and favorite Mm -hmm. things to do or favorite equipment. So we kind of put our heads together and came up with our list. And of course, we want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. So you don't even have to be a Patreon subscriber to join the conversation. So you can go over to our site, patreon.com slash talking with my mouthful and join in this conversation. Let us know your tips and tricks, your hacks, your favorite equipment. But David, why don't you get started? Sure. I have this one, Amy, and it's in my cookbook and no one ever comments on it. And I am mortally wounded about this because what (laughs) I do is I will pre-saute onions and garlic because when you cook onions and garlic and olive oil, it's called refogado in Portuguese. But I mean, it's in almost any cuisine. And so what I do is I take them and I caramelize them. And caramelizing onions can take, what, 30, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, depending how far you go. Mm -hmm. So I whip them up on the weekend and I spoon them into a jar, the onions and garlic already sauteed, sometimes darker, sometimes lighter. And I top it with some olive oil to kind of, you know, cap it. And then boom, you save yourself time. You come home, you put it in the pan and you start cooking whatever you need to do. And you think about it, you could have French onion soup on the table in 15 minutes because the base of Mm. that is really already made. And I don't know why everybody doesn't do that. It's just, it's so simple. Well, not everybody's as good as you, David. Well, I mean, I agree with that. That's true. (laughs) But uh, it's so easy. Oh, but one thing I do want to mention, don't just get this thought in your head. I'm just going to get onions, chop them up and chop up some garlic, not cook them, put them in a jar with olive oil because that is an anaerobic environment, and that's where you can get botulism. You have to cook it thoroughly. You can't put raw garlic in olive oil. You're going to get botulism, kids. That's really scary. All right, I've talked about this one before, but it just feels like my best friend during weeknight cooking Mm -hmm. is 
this artisan bread in five minutes a day technique by Jeff Hertzberg. It's sort of you mix up a bread dough really simply. You put it on your counter for two hours, let it rise, and then you just stick it in your fridge. You let it sit for up to two weeks. And as it sits in your fridge, it's sort of slowly fermenting. It's adding flavor. And then any time you can pull it out. And my ritual is I do pizza night once a week. Mm -hmm. So I've got dinner like halfway ready, right? I just, I take it out. I let it sit at room temperature for a minute. Then I spread it out on the pan. I make like a big pan pizza and a sheet pan. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's always happy on pizza night. It's like grandma grandma pizza. Yeah, it's grandma pizza. I put down some semolina or cornmeal on the bottom of the pan, a little olive oil, and then I put the dough out and then I top it with whatever I've got. And it just makes me happy. And a little tip on your tip is that if you put a little bit of olive oil on top of the dough in the refrigerator, you can keep it a lot longer than a week or whatever it is because it kind of seals it and it doesn't allow it to dry out. And I've kept it as long as two weeks. It it loses some of its oomph and rise as time goes on, but that's okay. Yeah, and oh, the other thing I like to do is take a little bit of last week's batch Mm. and add it to the next week's batch because it just makes it richer flavor. Mm So another tip that I do all the time, because we have one of those sucky machines, you know, the, um, whatever you call it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, David, you've been together a long time. And And we have been calling it it a sucky machine since the day we bought it. I don't even know what it's called. What's it called in real real life? A vacuum sealer? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 yeah. So we call it, all right, so a vacuum sealer. Sometimes I don't want to haul out the sucky machine. <laughs> and so what I do is I will get a Ziploc bag, I'll get a straw, and I'll put the food in, and then I'll suck the air out with the straw, and then uh-huh. I'll seal it. And it's really easy to do. The thing is, be careful of what the food is, because in Thanksgiving, the day before, I had done a uh, dry brine, and then I sucked a big mouthful of turkey blood and juice. Oh, God, (laughs) You need to be careful of what you're sucking out, but um, that's just a real quick way to kind of get a quick... (laughs) To get to die. (laughs) (laughs) And it also does so much more for your marriage, too. (laughs) Oh, my God, that's so funny. Oh, you know when there's... Well, no, I won't won't go into that. Okay. We're going to have to give the show an an E for explicit pretty soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so this one is just basic, but it is something I always want to have in my, and I just don't want to hear, I don't want, don't at me about this, like baking spray, you know, the pan baking spray that has like the flour and the oil. I use it all the time. It's so great. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I feel like probably it's not good for you, but I just can't give it up. I love it so much when I make a cake. I use Baker's Joy, which I think is a little better. Yeah, I like Baker's Joy. Yeah, Yeah. I use it all. All the time. Oh, you use it too? Okay. All the time. Yeah. I, this whole idea of like buttering and then flouring. It's such a pain. Again, I don't want to waste what little time I have left on this earth <laughs> buttering and flouring pans. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so speaking of sprays, you know, when you are measuring something really sticky, like um, I'm going to keep this completely clean, um, things like honey or yeah. <laughs> corn syrup. Or yeah. molasses. <laughs> right. It just sure. gets stuck inside the cup or the measuring spoon. So if you use the spray, but not the baking one, the one without flour, yeah. and you spray the measuring spoons or the measuring cups, then you put in your sticky substance, it comes right, right out. It's fantastic. Right. That's great. So here's a tip for perfect poached eggs. You 
crack them initially into a strainer, and it seems counterintuitive mm. because it feels like the whole thing is going to fall through the holes right. of a colander, for example. But what happens is the only thing that falls through is this thinner outer white, mm-hmm. but the firmer white stays in there. And so you get this perfectly round egg. And then when it goes into the water to poach, mm-hmm. you don't have all those stringy bits floating yeah. around. That's that thinner outer white. That kind of like outer white. looking. That kind of goes yeah, the I mean, it's kind of cool looking, yeah. but it doesn't look as pretty in the presentation. Do you so. chip the sieve yeah. in? Or you don't just drop it in and then let it cook and then so, kind of flip it out? Yeah, I'll, what I'll usually do is submerge the colander in the water to, to, and, then turn it. and turn it out, or I'll transfer it to a bowl and stick that in the water and turn oh, it out. I have never, honestly never heard of that. Yeah, it's a good one. Great. Uh, here's another one. Uh, my niece, Megan, who she told me this since she raises chickens, it makes sense, to test if an egg is fresh, gently drop it into a glass of water, and if it sinks, it's fresh. If it floats... Toss it out. That's because there's so much mm. air in it because it's evaporated over time. It's probably not mm-hmm. good, so toss it out. So you want eggs that sink. Okay. Um, I was trying to think of a rhyme, like if it sinks. I was trying to do that. Yeah, you're was, in the pink. <laughs> if it sinks, you're the in the pink. pink. There if you it go. floats, throw it out. Oh, I'm Canadian, <laughs> throw it out. <laughs> uh, one last egg one. Um, my favorite way to get perfect sort of medium or soft boiled eggs is you get the water boiling first, Mm -hmm. then you put your eggs into like a strainer or a bird's nest strainer Mm -hmm. and you gently lower them into the boiling water and let them cook for exactly seven minutes if you want them still a tiny bit runny or eight minutes if you want them a little bit firmer, but still kind of orangey, you know, not yeah. not like fully hard cooked. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you just remove them. And I often will just rinse them in cold water, although I know the rule is you're supposed to put them in an ice bath. Right. But I find like for my purposes, rinsing in cold water to just get that initial like heat off of them is fine. Mm-hmm. And then they crack easily. You can kind of actually bang them around in the pot mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. after you drain them just to kind of loosen them up. And then they peel super easily. And I keep a batch of them in the fridge for quick protein hits during the day. And yeah, it's perfect. So what I do is I don't boil anymore. I steam eggs. Oh. You ever steam them? No, I've heard about it, it's but I haven't excellent. done I've it. I've never really? messed up because I lost my egg mojo a long time ago when it came to hard boiled eggs. I was always, they were always getting stuck and they would chip and, and they just never looked pretty when I was doing hard boiled eggs. So I found this technique. I can't think, it, it was a food scientist. His first name is Kevin. I can't think of his last name. I'll try to remember it for our show notes. And what he does is he steams them. So I get about an inch of water boiling, have a steamer in there, and then I drop them on, I mean, I very carefully lower them onto the steamer basket, cover it, and eight minutes later, between seven and nine, depending if you like really runny mm-hmm. and all the way to firm, and they come up mm-hmm. perfect, just perfect. Oh, that's an, I'll try that. Yeah, it really is great. You haven't led me astray yet, David. I have not. I have not. Yeah. So yeah. here's something. When you need to defat a stock or broth or soup quickly, and who doesn't need to defat right. a stock or broth <laughs> or soup quickly, drop in a handful of ice cubes. What happens? Oh. The ice will instantly chill the fat. And then right. you take a slotted spoon, and then you scoop up the ice and the congealed fat. And it's great. 
it's great. You oh. don't leave it in there forever because then it's going to melt the ice and you'll right, have a runny right. super broth. But it's it's really easy and it's just very quick. I have a defatter thing, and sometimes yeah. I spill more things outside of the defatter. Yes, you know. Yes. Then yeah. so this is so much easier. That's awesome. All right. Well, I'm kind of transitioning now into equipment. <laughs> Me too. Things to buy. Okay. Oh, I'm not a buying. I'm not. I no buying on mine. Oh, okay. Well. All right, so this is the thing I like to buy. There's always that dilemma with cooking with wine because, mm-hmm. you know, if you buy a whole bottle and you use a little bit of it and you forget to drink it and then it's... So I love buying those eight-ounce canned wines to keep on hand. Oh, I never so heard of this. It's so great. Like, I generally feel like for white wine, I generally lean toward like a Pinot Grigio for mm-hmm. cooking. I like the way it works in cooking. And so I'll buy like a six-pack of canned Pinot Grigio. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep it in the fridge. Pack. And then when I have like, when I'm making a sauce or something mm-hmm. that, you know, is benefits from some wine in the sauce, I just open up a can and then I'm done. I love this. I, I don't know where I've been. Of course, like I said, I live in a culinary wasteland up here. Right. I, I have never seen, have you ever seen six packs of wine? I mean, besides like Thunderbird or something like that, Adam. Have you ever seen them? Yeah, individually sized and canned wine. It's a it's well. A David thing. just only shops at like little bespoke, you know, wine shops. Well, well, that's all the we upper have west up side. here. Really. No, <laughs> all we have is little bespoke wine stores here. You know, for with... the New Yorkers who are there for the weekend, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's what we do. That's that's true. Uh, so here's something. Now, if you're trying to roll out a pie dough in the summer or in warmer months, and it's really a pain in the butt. There's two things that I do. One is I'll roll them out on a heavily floured piece of canvas, mm-hmm. like a really thick uh, fabric, so it never sticks. Or I will take a couple of bags of ice, again, with the ice, uh, Ziploc bags, put them on the counter and let the counter really, really, really chill. Mm. So therefore, it doesn't melt the butter or the fat or the lard or whatever you're using, and it makes it so much easier, so much easier. Right. So that's, oh, that's great. That's a real quick tip. Yeah. Okay, for vinaigrettes, Mm -hmm. I love making my vinaigrettes in a jar, Mm -hmm. like a mason jar with a tight lid, and then I shake it. Mm -hmm. Instead of like, you know, whisk together the vinegar and the salt and blah, blah, and then slowly in a steady stream, whisk in (laughs) the oil, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no. I'm on this earth for only so much more time. I'm not going to waste it. Throw it all in a jar, shaky, 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 and dinner's ready. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely. And then you put it in the refrigerator and when it, it'll eventually separate at some point. Yeah. You take it out, shaky, 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 and it's perfect. Yeah. Now You can even microwave it for five seconds if the, if the olive oil has gotten kind of hard. That's true. It kind of it becomes this like yeah. plug of olive oil. Now, there's one thing I did find online is using an apple corer, you know, the kind that goes down over the apples on yeah. potatoes to make steak frites. Is oh, that interesting. not genius? You yeah. will get a round piece, but big deal. But the rest are like these wedges, perfect wedges instead of sitting there. Oh, that's trying fun. To, I think that's brilliant. I found that online and I'm like, yep, I think that's, that's a great clever. idea. Yep. Okay, so speaking of the mason jars, I've been investing in these fun tops. Like if you go to, you know, those zero waste stores that they have now where they sell like bulk laundry detergent and stuff. Yeah. So they often will sell these really fun accessories for mason jars. So I have this whole collection of like, I have a cheese grater top for a mason jar. So you just grate the cheese into the jar, which is really fun. You had their like sort of variations on sippy cup tops for 
adults. Like you can drink out of it, or Put your vodka it has, in there. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it has just like water. A, <laughs> it has like a pouring spout, but a, with a cover, yeah, yeah. cute little bamboo tops for them. And also, you know, various pourable tops. So I'm really making use of, of these mason jars for storage, for, you know, just like taking some iced tea out with me on the go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. And it's it feels very modular. And I love that. Yeah, that's another really cool one. So I often forget to take eggs out of the refrigerator when I'm baking and they have to be room temperature. Otherwise Mm -hmm. it'll curdle the butter and it just doesn't look pretty and it also messes up some of the chemistry. So what I do when I always forget to take them out is I have a bowl of warm water. I put them in, let them just sit for 10 minutes, five minutes. If you use hot water, be five minutes and that's fine. It doesn't cook the egg, but it gets them to that temperature so they're perfect. And then it just emulsifies beautifully with the butter and you're on your way. It's very easy. Yeah, I love that. And then for the butter, if you forget to take it out, nine to 10 seconds in the microwave for a one stick and it'll yeah. be soft, but not melty at that point. Yeah. My microwave has a soften. Oh. Yeah, it has a soften feature for one oh, stick, two nice. stick, three stick, four sticks of butter. <gasps> wow. Very fancy. You fancy. Fancy, yeah. I'm, I'm me fancy. Yeah. (laughs) So right now in terms of equipment, I'm also obsessed with rubber cutting boards from a brand called No Tracks. Mm -hmm. These were recommended by two different chefs over the course of like a couple months. And I took it as a sign from the universe and I got one and they're fantastic. They're much easier on your knives. They really don't uh, dull the blade and they're really nice. They feel nice to work with. The only downside is you can't put them in the the dishwasher. Okay. Otherwise, like, I just love them and they're heavy and they really, I mean, you still probably want to put like a, you know, a moistened dish towel underneath, to, but honestly, like they don't tend to move when I'm cutting. So I often skip right. that step. Well, that's also another good tip is that when you are using a cutting board, get a wet dish towel or maybe a couple mm-hmm. of paper towels and wet them, put them underneath and your board won't slide, which is great. Or same thing with if you're whisking egg whites or egg yolks in a bowl and you're whisking mm-hmm. something, you can put a wet paper towel or a wet dish towel underneath your bowl and it won't slide. Uh, so that's great. But let me ask you, the thing I like about wooden cutting boards is that it has a natural sanitizer quality to it. Did you know that about wood? There's something- I've in, heard this, it, it but It naturally I... sanitizes. Interesting. It just, it keeps taking care of itself. And what I do, this is another good tip, is that maybe once a month, I will wet the cutting board and I'll put all kosher salt on top, cover it completely, uh-huh. let it sit overnight. And that also sanitizes it. And then I wash it off the next morning. That's something else. Well, you know, David, I just did a quick Google search while you were mm-hmm. talking. And it turns out that my rubber cutting board is made with MicroStop antimicrobial rubber compound, oh, well, which go. inhibits bacterial and fungal growth to keep the board sanitary. And that's how naturally made is that? Or is that maybe made, made <laughs> in care. a lab? I don't care. <laughs> well, I have, you can cut your cell, your lab created cell meat <laughs> on your artificial cutting board. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, I have a question for you. How yeah. do you feel about steel knives? Steel knives as in- As opposed to stainless steel. I hate Carbon stainless steel. steel knives. I hate them. Me too. I hate them and I'm giving them all up. If anybody wants- Wait. You're talking stainless steel. I you hate, like 
I like carbon steel. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I yes. hate stainless steel. I'll give away my stainless steel, and I've got so many yeah. of them. I have one carbon steel knife. It's so easy to sharpen. It stays yes. sharp. It you gotta take sharp. care of it because it will yeah. get, you know, it'll rust. Rusty. But that's yeah. okay. But it is sharp as can be. It's the best. And the stainless steel. I know, I'm kind steel, of transitioning. I yeah. hate it. So I'm gonna go all over to carbon steel. So the ones like we spent thousands of dollars over the years buying every right. single possible stainless steel knife. And now yeah. you want to switch over to carbon steel? I'm like, yes, I do. Yeah. My friend actually brought back from Japan an Akiri vegetable knife mm. and it's it's carbon steel. And boy, it's, that thing holds an edge forever. Well, I does, love it. It does. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm glad we're on board with that. Okay. Yeah. What's your next tip? So- I can never get my herbs to stay fresh. Can you? Mm, I see. I, this thing from my grandma that I do with both lettuce and herbs, which is, you know, you take them home, mm -hmm. you rinse them, wrap them in paper towels and put them in a zip top bag and they stay fresh for a while. Yeah, that doesn't work for me. I, I've tried it where you put it in right. some water and then in, a, in a, like a mason jar, then you put a Ziploc bag over it mm. to create kind of a, a, a moist mm -hmm. environment. There's that word moist and um, it doesn't work. <laughs> What I do is I take them, I clip the ends, I put them in a bowl of ice water, put them on the top shelf of the refrigerator, and I'll tell you, they stay plump and beautiful and gorgeous for days and days and days and days. And I do that because I have to be shooting like throughout the week, and I don't right. want to keep on buying fresh parsley yeah. like, every third They're day. It's expensive. It just stays the entire week, and it doesn't lose its flavor. So that's what that's I do. That's awesome. That's really smart. So that's it. I'm done with tips. Yeah. I, I My last one was just like frittata everything, right? Mm. Like for the easy weeknight meal, you just, it's the best way to repurpose leftovers. You can make a pasta frittata. You can make a potato frittata, sausage, vegetables, whatever you have. Just mm. throw it in a frittata, put a little cheese on frittata, top frittata. and it's, it's great. Yeah. Potato, yep. frittata, tomato, frittata. Let's call the whole thing <laughs> off. So- I was scouring the internet for some other things maybe I didn't know about. I found this beyond stupid hack that I need to share with you. Beyond stupid. Oh, God. This person. Is it from TikTok? Of course it is. Their yeah. handle is at Viajante Mundo. So V-A-J-A-N-T-E yeah, underscore Mundo. So you know yeah. sometimes when you're sauteing something, there's a lot of sort of splattering of oil. Yeah. This genius takes big two liter bottles of soda, empties them down the drain, cuts off the bottom of it, mm -hmm. puts two holes, and then a big elastic band, uh -huh. sticks their hand in, puts the elastic band over the elbow, then sticks in a fork through the opening. So basically you're doing like, like armor on your arm. It's uh -huh. the same on the other one, and then starts uh -huh. turning stuff in the pan. So therefore, uh -huh. you get no oil burns on your hands. Instead of using tongs? Instead of using tongs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, tongs and, oh, what's that thing called? Oh, hmm. Oh, I know, an oven mitt. So you just <laughs> tongs and an oven mitt. And we will have that link so you can uh, tell that person how dumb it is. So that's about it. Are we me. being bullies? Are we being bullies because we're just threatened by all these youngins and their little tips? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I guess so. I'm of totally course. threatened by them. Um, you'll laugh. I mean, I, they probably got 18 million views, you know, of course. But uh, anyway. You know, if you put on an entire flame resistant bodysuit, when you're cooking, you won't get burned. Of course. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha 
Talking With My Mouthful is produced by Over It Studios, and our producer is the hardly a hack, Adam Claremont. You can reach Adam in Over It Studios at overitstudios.com. Remember to follow Talking With My Mouthful wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And we are self-funded, so if you want to continue the marvelous, joyous, serotonin-boosting show you've come to know and love, would you consider supporting us? Please. Just like public media. You'll find a link to our Patreon page in the show notes for this episode, or you could go to patreon.com slash talkingwithmymouthful. This episode is sponsored in part by our newest subscribers to our Talking With My Mouthful Patreon page. Deb Filioli, Leanne Nunes, Suzanne Fortier, my dear friend who I've known since ninth grade, and Aww. Patty A. Nitz. You're our latest Big Mouth Angels, and we love you. Ciao. Bye, David. So another tip that I do all the time, because we have one of those sucky machines, you know, the, um, what do they call it? <laughs> well, look, David, you've been together a long time and, you know, you got to mix it up. It's a sucking machine since the day we bought it. I don't even know what it's called. What's it called for real in real life? A vacuum sealer? Vac- <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, so we call it all right, so a vacuum sealer. Sometimes I don't want to haul up the sucking machine. <laughs>